I'm excited to begin a four-part series this uh, morning entitled Impact Now, Impact Now. And I'm going to begin with this particular message that I have entitled Transformation Begins in me. Transformation begins in me. If you have the version app, you can go there, the outline. Uh, the majority of the scriptures, I inserted some scriptures that have, are not there, so if you're taking notes, just want to make sure that you are aware of that. Impact now, transformation begins in me. Father, thank you again for this privilege. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Build us up, encourage us, challenge us, challenge us, change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 is one of the scriptures um, that many of us are very familiar with. Uh, it was something that was shared with us at one point or another during our conversion and when we first came to know Christ. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, this wealthy city, this port city, uh, this people that had influence. Paul tells them, and he is letting them know of where they stand in God. And I'm just so grateful that his word comes and reminds us of where we stand in him, amen, that we, we know who we are because of what his word has already declared over us, amen. Don't let anyone talk down to you. Don't let anyone tell you that you do not have value. You have worth. God created you in his image. And though we have different characteristics, though we have different talents, and though we have different gifts, what you have to share is so valuable and so immense that you cannot just contain it to yourself. You cannot contain it to yourself. Join the dream team. So Paul tells the church in Corinth, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. The new is here. I think this is a scripture that many of us are familiar with and many of us have read and, and been accustomed to, but I don't know if we've been able to capture the magnitude of what this verse means, to be able to understand it and to be able to embrace it and to be able to know that we are no longer who we used to be. We are someone new in Christ, amen. We are no longer who we used to be, but we are someone new in Christ. We are so grateful for what Jesus has done for us that we get the opportunity to become new creation in him. I can recall the transformation in my life when I first uh, became, when I first became a Christian, so to say, or when, I, when Jesus first uh, I had this personal encounter with him. I was 14 years old. I remember I was so gung-ho and I was so passionate. I was, my life was so changed that I remembered I would take a Bible with me in my backpack. And, and it was not just there um, just for the sake of taking it with me, but it was something that I would take out. And when I had some free time, I would read it. I remember uh, I was a freshman uh, in one of my classes, and one of the, one of the guys there was a junior. Um, I don't know why he was a junior in a freshman class. <laughs> anyway, uh, but he asked me to read my Bible, and I shared my Bible with him, and I remember uh, he asked me what the, what the longest chapter of the Bible was, and I shared that with him, and he read it, and he read it out loud to the whole class. But it, for me, it was just something so real. And obviously, uh, we all go through some times where we are just so passionate about what he has called us to do. I, I sunk with me that I was called 
to change others. It sunk with me that I was called to change others, that I wasn't the end of the story. Amen. That I wasn't the end of the redemption story, but I was only part of the story. Amen. That I was, that the story didn't end with me, but that because God could change me, he could change those around me. And that what God had done in my life, the transformation that I had seen, that I would be able to share with others. So what I was seeing in that time was truly what Jesus has called us to do and what Jesus has impacted us to do. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. The message version says this, you're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Another way to put it, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. It's incredible to think that God has entrusted us, amen, that he has entrusted us to do this, to bring out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. No, we're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on the hilltop on a light stand, shine. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people. Watch this. We can't miss this. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. It is just a natural occurrence. This generous father in heaven, he puts it two ways. He says salt. And if you didn't capture that image, he said, let's put it this way. You've, you've been called to be light. You've been called to be salt. Where are my salt snackers at? There, there's some of you in this place, you haven't even tasted the food and you're already reaching for the salt shaker. You see the value in salt. You see the value in salt. So that is the, the connection that Jesus is trying to understand, the imagination, the, the imagery, should I say, of what he is trying to portray or to convey to us that, that just as that food and just as you have been able to say it from one time to another, that needed some more salt. Um, you, you understand in the same manner that the key to that is salt. Salt brings happiness to a lot of people. Amen. Salt brings a lot of happiness. I heard the phrase that said, I don't know what the secret to happiness is, but I've never been sad eating chips and queso. It's just a known fact. It's just a known fact. It makes the world better. That's what you do. You make the world better because God is in you. The, the natural occurrence is that you make a dish better. And not only that, light. He said, you brighten up the room. You are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Jesus has a plan for us that we would change our world, not the world, because that would be a little bit extensive, but your world, 
But your world, the people in your world, when, in, when Jesus is speaking in Acts chapter 1, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Where does he say? In Jerusalem first. In Jerusalem first, then Judea, then Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. What is your Jerusalem? What is your Jerusalem? Your family? The people you work with? The people you go to school with? Your Jerusalem. He has called us to change our world because the truth is that mass movements don't begin with the masses. Mass movements begin because there were a few people who wanted to make a difference and to bring positive change into their world. So when you think of the effect that salt has on a dish, or when you think of the effect that light has in a room, that it just brightens up the room, that's what Jesus has entrusted us to do, to be able to shine for him. That people would look at me, that people would look at you, and that they would say, there's something different about you, what is it? And that while we were to share God, they would open up their lives to him, and that we would share the same God that healed me can heal you. I'm talking about healing me on the inside. The the hurt that was there and the rejection that was there and the trauma that was there. I brought it to the feet of Jesus and he healed me and he restored me and he put my feet upon a rock and I'm going to tell you that I can't just keep it to myself. The same God that did it for me is the same God that can do it for you. That's what we've been called to do. So I want to talk about a few things today, and I'm going to give you some practical steps. So I want to talk about when we make changes, when we make changes, because some of us make some changes out of, out of force, because we have to. We make changes when we hurt enough that we have to. Every single one of us have made changes that we absolutely need to make. Some of us, that, that may be a dietary change because of what some food was doing to us and just because we understand the the pain that our body is in by consuming that type of food we have to put a stop to it we're backed up into a wall or or sometimes it's relationally where we're backed up into a corner and we say i have to change or else we get backed up into a corner so we make changes when we have hurt enough that we have to number one the second thing is when we see enough that we are inspired to. Have you ever seen somebody and you've just been inspired to say, man, I, want to, I can do that. I want to change it. And it just sparks interest in you and it just sparks some motivation and it just changes the way you start to process things. You see something and you are inspired to do that. You see somebody doing something extraordinary and, and you say, why can't that be me? I can do that. We see someone doing something, and from the outside looking in, it just looks incredible, and and it captures our mind. We see the positive impact that it brings, and we are inspired to do that. We see the positive impact that it is not just impacting one person, but it is impacting many, and then all of a sudden we're inspired to do that. The third thing is when we learn enough that we want to, when we become knowledgeable enough, When we read enough, the more we experience, the more that we see the worth and the more that we see the value. And I'm going to tell you, I haven't always liked salmon. But a few visits to the doctor and him telling you that your cholesterol is high, I'm talking about a friend. Um, 
Yeah, my friend had to start eating salmon all of a sudden and make some sudden changes in his life. The more you see the worth of what that is doing in your life, you learn enough and you say, you know what, it's just something that I have to do now. The more you see the value in that, you're able to do that. The more you see the value in serving God and serving God's people, the more you see that the satisfaction that it brings in your, in your life, that no matter what you do Monday through Saturday, that what we get to come here to do on Sunday, it, there is nothing like it. Amen. We can clap our hands. Can I get a good amen for that one? There is nothing like serving God and there's nothing like serving his church. That's what we were put here on earth to do when we learn enough that we want to. And the last thing is that when we receive enough that we are able to. When we receive enough that we are able to. Where we can appreciate what others have poured into us. And where we can appreciate what others have shared with us. Where we can understand the long-lasting implications that it has. And we say, you know what, I'm going to make some changes because of what I've seen it do in my life. And what I've seen it do in the life of those around me. That we want to just naturally pour into others. That we naturally want to share Christ with others just because it's intuitive. It has got to that point. We receive enough that we're able to. So the question that you asked this morning is, how can I be salt? And how can I be light? How can I be this change that Jesus is calling me to do? Because I could sit here and just tell you, we need to be the salt of the earth. We need to be the light of the world. But if I want to give you some practical steps, and let's move in that direction where we can put into practice, amen? When we leave here today, when we're at the restaurant, when we're sharing with whoever we are sharing with this week, that we could just put some practical steps into place and be able to be salt and be light. Are you ready? Amen. So I want to share this. Because all what I'm going to share is that these steps are just steps that you can take that will work. To know that the transformation in our lives starts with me, it starts with me and in me. So the first thing is we value people. The first thing is we value people. And aside, and right next to that, that means connecting. That means connecting. Value people. You do that by connecting with them. One of the things that, that I like to do is I like to memorize names. And I'm pretty good with names. I'm not as good as I once was. I got a few years on me now, but I'll tell you there was a time back in my prime. No, I'm kidding. Um, I really, I, I'm not as good as I once was. But I do, I try my very best because I think that that is important. I think it's important when you value people. I was talking to a, a principal in the program that I was in from Round Rock Independent School District, which is one of the largest school districts in the state of Texas. And she was an elementary principal. And if you think there's a lot of elementary schools in Hector County, you can magnify that in Round Rock. And she said the superintendent came to my school, and the superintendent there has a layer and layers and layers of 
district-level leadership over them. Uh, and the superintendent came to my school, she said, and he knew my name. She said, he didn't need to know my name. I have a boss above me and a boss above her. and a boss. There's so many people between us that he doesn't need to know my name, but he knew my name. Why? Because it's important. It's important for us to value people. I understand you're not going to know everybody's name in this room right here, but you can know everybody's name in your small group. You can know everybody's name at work. You can know everybody's name in your family. I would hope so. Um, I got jokes today. I'm sorry. You can know we, it, it is possible to make a conscious effort and to just say, hey, what's your name? And to just say it to yourself countless times until you remember it because it's important to people for us to know who they are. We value people by connecting them, by connecting with them to be Christ-like. To be Christ-like. That is how you start. Jesus valued people. It didn't matter who you were. He, he looked at this crooked tax collector and he called him down from the tree. And he said, I need to have dinner at your house tonight. It doesn't matter what, what you have on the inside, but there, uh, there's a need that, that I can meet, Jesus said. There is a need that people have in your sphere of influence that you need to connect with and just say, hey, let me show you. Uh, let me show you what, what Jesus says about you. You are not worthless. No, you, you are just crowned just a little bit lower than the angels. I want to tell you what Jesus says about you. I want to tell you what his word says about you. Jesus valued people. He valued everyone. He valued everyone, not just people like him, not just people who saw things like him. He valued people that most people didn't even value. He valued them. He valued, the, he valued people that the religious people looked down and said, you know what? We've crossed our T's and dotted our I's, and you're not supposed to like people like that. No, but Jesus saw the need, and he, that, that's why the Bible tells us that he so loved the world, not just the people that look like us, not just the people that think like us. No, he loves everyone the same. He loves the people that have sin that is public. He loves the people that have sin that is private. He loves everyone the same. And if I am going to value people, if I'm going to be salt, and if I'm going to be light, I have to see people like Jesus sees them. I have, to be, I have to see people like Jesus sees them. You are not a lost cause. You are not hopeless. No, there is hope for you. If Jesus can save us, he can save this world. His love knows no limits. His love knows no barriers. There is no place that he will not go. There is no, there is no life that he cannot restore. There is no relationship that he cannot mend. There is not anything that he can do. I have to see it like Jesus sees it. He sees me as more than a conqueror through him that he has called me. I'm not a conqueror because of what I do. I'm a conqueror because of who I am in God. I have to understand. That, that the same God, that the same God that, that did a work in me can do a work in them. That nobody is too far gone. That nobody has sinned too much. That nobody hasn't been involved in too much bad habit, too many bad habits. That God can change anyone. He was called a friend of sinners. He was called a friend of sinners. Jesus so loved everyone. 
Not just the ones that have it all together, the ones that were struggling also. And it's important that we, to be Christ-like, you, if, if I want to be Christ-like, that's how I start. Every single one of us in here are equal. We all have value. And even more so, the people that are out there are equal. That we're not better than them, that we are created in the same manner. This is what Jesus said. Matthew 25, 35 through 40. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. Then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did, you, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will say, I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, look what he says, this was me. This is powerful. This, that was me. You did it to me. Don't miss this, that Jesus values people so much that when we value people, he takes it personally. That when we value people, he takes it personally. People know when they're valued. Salt and light, what it means to be salt and light means that I value people. I value you. The second thing is this. Y'all with me this morning? Amen. We add value to people. So not only do we value people, we add value to people. And right next to that is the word influencing. I can be salt and light by adding value to people. What does this mean? Are people better because of me? Are people better because of the relationship that they have with you? Am I causing people to be better? Am I causing people to be better? These are some rhetorical reflection questions that we can ask ourselves that if we want to be salt and light, we want to add value to people. I want you to be better. I want you to be better. I want you to reach your full potential in God, that we begin to influence people, that we begin to be, that we begin to shine light. Amen. In the dark areas that we begin to add salt to to the flavorless parts of life. You know, the parts that are not enjoyable. That we would come and that we would be the salt. That they would see Jesus through us and that their relationships would flourish and and bloom. And that their lives and that their relationship with kids, their kids, and, and all that they're involved in would begin to see an increase. Because we're adding salt. Amen. Because people are being better because of us. How do I add value to people? There's a few things that we can do. There's five things that we can do. These are like subtopics, okay? Number one, we value people. Then you think of ways to add value to people. How You think of specific people. You think of their specific needs. How can I add value to them? Then not only do I think of ways, but then I look for ways. Whether that means buying them a candy bar and a soda because you know that that's their favorite snack. 
what, whatever you do, wh- whether you pray for them or whether you ask them for their children by name, you look for ways. And then not only do you look for ways, we don't stop there. We do things to add value to people. We do things. Don't just have good intentions. I've never seen good intentions have good results. Good intentions have never changed lives. It's through actions. We talk about gaining traction and progressing and moving forward. Well, right in the middle of that word traction is the word action. There has to be some action. There has to be something that we do. Don't just have good intentions, but let's do something about it. And the last thing is that we encourage others to add value to people. That may be telling one of your coworkers, hey, I think it'd be really good because you know that there's a strained relationship that you, you go out to lunch with them. That, that you would just build them up and that you would say, I know the hurt is great. I know, I know your heart is, is hurting, but I think that it, it would really be a game changer in your life and in the life of your daughter or your son if you were to take this step, encourage others to value, add value to people, encourage others to, to share God with their sphere of influence, with the people that they come in contact with. Paul understood this. Look at what he wrote to the church in Corinth. I love the way the message, ver- the, the, the message translation puts this, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 19 through 23. Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all. Did you catch that? Any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. He says religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose living, immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized. He's, he is sharing all of these, and then he just says, whoever. You see that? Whoever. In other words, if I mentioned them, great, but if I didn't mention them, they're still in that category. Whoever, I didn't take on their way of life. When, when we go into somebody else's life and want to see things from their perspective, it doesn't mean that we take on their habits. It doesn't mean that we take on their perspectives. It doesn't mean that we take on their views. It doesn't mean that I'm going to sit and do with them what they do. No, this is what it says. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and I tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. Into, into taking everybody into no, having a God-saved life. In other words, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you do. I'm going to try to reach you. I'm going to try to reach you, and I'm going to try to do everything that I can. I, and then he says this, I did all this because of the message. I just didn't want to talk about it. He said, I wanted to be in on it. I didn't want to just be a hearer, but I wanted to be a doer. That was his viewpoint. That was his perspective. And can I just say this, that my perspective towards you, your perspective towards me or towards anyone, determines the attitude towards you. My perspective towards you determines my attitude towards you. You. 
Because how we view things is how we do things. How we view things is how we do things. If things are important to us, we're going to do them well. And if things are not important to us, we don't do them well. So capture this. If I see you as weak, I'll help you. If I see you as broken, I'll fix you. But if I see you as valuable, I'll serve you. I'll serve you. The attitude and the posture truly changes with our perspective. You're valuable. No doubt. So I serve you. The third thing, we live good values. Notice that there's the common word. We value people. We add value to people. We live good values. If you want to be salt and light, live these values. What values? Paul outlines them in Galatians chapter 5, what he calls the fruit of the Spirit. He says, but what happens? This is Galatians 5.22. This is the scripture I did not include. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives. Much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things. A sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that basic holiness permeates things and people. Let's live those out. That's how we know that the the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. I'm going to have affection for others. I'm going to have exuberance about life. I'm going to have serenity. I'm going to develop a willingness to stick with things. I'm committed. A sense of compassion in the heart. And the last thing is this. The worship team would join me. We value people, number one. We add value to people, number two. We live good values, number three. And the last thing is we share good values. And that is transforming. Because this is where transformation takes place. In sharing good values. In letting my light shine through my everyday life. The common word in each point, we've seen the connection is values. Because good values create stability in us. They begin to anchor our lives and hold us. And I've learned this, that if you have good values on the inside, you have good values on the inside, you need less validation on the outside. Each of us on the inside have a desire to make positive impact. To make positive impact, whether that's with a cousin, whether that's with a friend, whether that's just in my family that I have the privilege of being a priest over. We do it by being intentional and by being willing and committed. We value people. We add value to people. 
We live good values and then we share good values. Now end with this scripture, Romans chapter 15, verse 1. Paul says this, strength is for service, not status. Strength is for service, not status. Each of each one of us needs to look after the good of people around us. It goes back to what I was, what I started with, that we're not here, we can't change the world, but we can change our world. And they can change, and they can change after the good of people around us asking ourselves this question. Is it up there? How can I help? How can I help? How can I help? I, I'm not a big new Amsterdam fan. Um, but I, the doctor on the show captured my attention from the very get-go because if you have not watched the show, it he comes in and he is trying to repair a broken system, but his, the most common word that he, he tells everybody is, how can I help? How can I help? So the, the question that I ask myself in wanting what drives me and what motivates me to be able to share this message with you today is I want to help you. I want to help you see change in your everyday living. Coming to church, there's no substitution for it. It's a once a week opportunity that we don't get to come back. I understand that there's times, including myself, we cannot be here, but it is important for us to be here. But I want to tell you that it, I want you not just to have a great experience Sunday morning at 10. I want you to have a great experience Tuesday at 2 in the afternoon. I love you that much and I care about you that much that I want to see you be all that God has called you to be. And that is to be salt. That's to be light. That's to change the people around us. And we can do it in Jesus' name. I said we can do it in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for calling us in a hurting world, in a confused world, in a lost world. You saw us in our fallen state. You saw us hopeless. You saw us confused. You saw us lonely. And you reached us. You could have reached my neighbor. But you chose me to reach my neighbor. I'm grateful for your spirit. The same spirit that quickened Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that is alive in us. That enables us. That empowers us to be the salt of the world, of the earth, and to be the light of the world. God, I ask you that you would
let the transformation begin in us. That we would be able to be change agents. That the world, our world would be better because of us. That we would value people. That we would add value to people. That we would live good values and that we would share good values. Help us each day. Help us each moment to be who you have called us to be. With every head bowed and every eye closed, some of you in this place need to receive the forgiveness of God. You're carrying shame and you're carrying pain and you feel it. The Lord has his arms open wide. He's saying, I'm here, I'll take it from you. Give me your heaviness and I'll give you a garment of praise. He says, I'll take it from you. I'm happy to take it from you right now if you'll give it to me. He stands at the door and he knocks. And if anyone would hear his voice and they would open the door, he says he will come in. But you have to open the door this morning. If that's you and you say, today's the day I give my life to Jesus. I want to invite you to just raise your hand. Every eye is closed. No one is seeing you. I just want you to raise your hand as a sign right now. He sees you. I want everyone to pray with me. Would you join me in praying this prayer? Lord, forgive me. Come into my life. Change me. I surrender my life completely to you. Thank you for setting me free. I believe you're the son of God. Be Lord of my life. Let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. The angels rejoice and God's people rejoice.